0: Like, oh, you're the lead singer? He's like Sheryl Crow, right? Like, oh, so you're Brad Pitt and fucking don't impress me much. Sheryl Crow, you mean Shania Twain? Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, let's talk about that. Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh,
1: let's go. <laughs>
2: This, no. this right here, this is Asinine Radio. This is, a, this is an episode of my, my doing. This is I brought this, this album to the table uh, because Jeff wanted to be a thrashman like me. And he, he hates this band. If you don't already know what we're doing, we're doing a metallic album. Um, so there you go. This is Asinine Radio. Go onto iTunes. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio our website is asinineradio.com. My name is Tyler. On the other end, hundreds of miles away, is a friend of mine named Jeff. <laughs> right? Right, Jeff?
0: You sound like a like a kid writing an essay just trying to fill up space.
2: <laughs> That's exactly what I'm doing because I don't know what else to say. <laughs> we forgot and we forgot to talk about what song we should start with and Oh, yeah. oh this entire thing is a fucking mess already oh should we just start it's over it's supposed to be
0: like a, it's supposed to be like a thousand words and you're at like 900 and you said my name <laughs> is tyler which is the name that i was given at the time that i was born in this earth on this universe And
2: oh that is so goddamn true <laughs> but anyway we're doing the metallica album master of puppets Metallica formed in 1981 by Lars Ulrich and James Hetfield. They currently have 10 albums, two EPs, six live albums, one cover album, one soundtrack, and one collaboration album with Lou Reed. This is all while selling over 130 million albums worldwide. The album we're doing today is called Master of Puppets and it's the band's third album and it was released March 3rd, 1986 date it has sold well over 10 million copies worldwide it features james hetfield on guitar and vocals lars ulrich on drums kirk hammett on lead guitar and cliff burton on bass (sighs) now jeff (laughs) i fucked up royally fucked up
0: you know why because we like there's no room for our rankings now yeah so we can just just get into it no, this is getting... What do you want to do that? Or do you want to start over, start over? Okay, start I don't know. Because
2: right I, I, I just... I, I'm i a mess. I'm no, a mess it, today.
1: It, it, no, no, no. Okay,
2: so... Before we get into this Master of Puppets, uh, like I said earlier, Jeff is not a Thrashman. He was not a Metallica fan. But he made the choice of wanting to listen to all of their records. And we will quickly rank them from worst to best. Because that's always fun. That's what we do on the pod. We love to rank. Now, Jeff, what do you got... Or the worst or do you want to do you want a little back do you want to talk a little <laughs> bit about metallica i don't know see i'm all over the place yeah, i don't even are. know that's, where to that's go that's fine
0: though You're probably probably the 16 uh, ounce you drink so yeah like um Jesus. i i've never been into thrash music and i wanted to get into thrash <laughs> music and tyler had always tried to try to get me to to go to the dark side of metallica and i've never liked metallica because of just the controversy surrounding metallica and pretty much because of their the Metallica album and beyond has just been so dumb. <laughs> so we got into Metallica this week and their first several records I was really into. And I said, hey, let's let's just rank all of them. And so yes. fucking 20 hours later, I have my rankings.
2: And at, at any point, did you regret your decision to listen
0: to all of them? Oh, yeah, records? for sure. <laughs> for sure. Oh,
2: that's great. Okay, so what do we have? We're not, okay, so... We're not including any of the live al- live albums. We're not including Garage Incorporated, and we're not including um, the Lou Reed album. So we're doing ten albums.
0: We're ranking ten albums. Here. 5, 6, 7, 8, right? 9, 10. Yeah, ten albums. Ten albums.
2: Okay. So, what do you have as the worst Metallica record?
0: The worst Metallica record is Load.
2: Oh dang! I'm surprised. Load.
0: This okay. the why sound is why, here is because is is it's fucking awful it's not even metal and it's it's almost like it's trying to be grunge but it's just like an ugly cousin of like the two it reminds Mm -hmm. me of 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 like that rival band remember in school of rock when jack black was in that other band first and they kicked him out and then he did school of rock yeah and then remember that band that he was supposed to be in how shitty they were and how like awful This is what Load reminds me of. Like this is the sound that okay. that band okay. had. But yeah, no, I, I had, I had, I had zero favorite songs. So I'm like, I, I don't know if you did. I'm, I'm way, I'm way ahead of myself here too. Like I'm super excited no, to get fine. into it. I also wrote down mostly my favorite, uh, my favorite song from each on, album. From each album. Okay. Um, but this one I had none. I, there was okay, no favorite song for me, but I did have fun <laughs> with the house that Jack built because of that stupid fucking lyric, my body, my temple. Just cannot get over how dumb that sound. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. My body, my temple. I just, I, it was god awful. It's a
2: bad record. It's a bad record. Uh, I'm with you. Load is my least favorite record. Load is, is absolutely okay. the worst thing that they've ever done. And I'm with you too. I don't. I, there's not one song on this record that is that is good at all. It's bad. It's just straight fucking bad. Um. So yeah. I. I that, that's all I got. It's. It's. It's the worst album for sure.
1: Ugh. Um, it
0: was. It was so bad. That was one for sure. Every, that made me like, like his. His vocals. Okay. I'm done.
2: Everything's bad on it.
0: Yeah. It's so awful. Okay. Cool. Okay, so well, that's that, got was, got that was that was fun. That was fun. Um. <laughs> number number nine is their. There's their, their self titled Metallica and the black album, yeah. The black album, what really? It's that low, huh? This song, the, the album is terrible, that was garbage. So, like, just the just wow. tunnel jump from Dyer's Eve because it's the last song that you hear from Metallica until this one to Enter Sandman. Mm-hmm. It's fucking laughable. Like, if you play yeah, these back to pathetic. back, that's that's kind of what I did throughout this whole thing. Was I played them, I played at least one or two albums, sometimes even three, like back to back to back. And so, when mm-hmm. I heard Dyer's Eve and then went into the Enders Sandman. I was just like, "What the fuck is
2: this?" It's such a departure.
0: And there's just nothing on this record that sounds like the Metallica that I want more of.
1: Mhm.
2: Yeah. It's it's not a good. Not it's I mean, I'll I'll get more into it once I get there too. But uh number 9 for me is Saint Anger. Saint oh. Anger fucking sucks, dude. <laughs> I the mix, the Damn. the songs are awful. The lyrics are just horrendous. There's like nothing that really that is good on it. The, there's not even one good song on this record. Not one good song. And the songs are fucking long, and they don't really go anywhere. James tries way too hard to sing, and they try too hard to sound like their thrash style. You know, it's weird. It's it's a it's a shit it's a shit album. And the documentary, Jeff and I both watched it this week, and it was it was. It's bad. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's so embarrassingly bad. But yeah, that that singer, singer for me, the the one song that I might say is good is "Frantic." <laughs> but that's it. <laughs> but then, like, the lyrics in that are so bad. Like when he goes "Frantic, tick, 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 tick,", tick, 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 tick <laughs> <laughs> and then when he goes "My lifestyle determines my death style," it's like, yeah. oh god, he's so. It's so that's metal, So bro. embarrassing. It's so fucking embarrassing. Oh, I hate it so much. Oh man! <sighs> okay. So yeah, that, that's my number nine, sin anger. But <laughs> okay, let's go to number
0: eight. What do you got? All right, number eight for me is going to be reload. Okay, um,
2: my mind's reload as well. My well is
0: reload. When I first heard reload, when I first put it on, the the first song was fuel, and I was just like, "Oh fuck!" Remember that song? And like, I was like hyping myself up, and I was so excited. I remember, I texted you, and I was like super stoked about it, and I still <laughs> like that song. But I think I would like it because song. it's just like iconic and it's nostalgia and and everything going back. But, but I hate that they kind of like redid Unforgiven. Mm-hmm. That shit irritates me. And then Slither also kind of sounds too similar to Enter Sane Man. Yeah, I can see that. Right. And then the other song, Low yeah. Low Man's, is that what it's called? I uh, don't remember. I honestly don't
2: go back to this album very often it's like once every couple of years i go back to it
0: but like his vocal style reminded me of like sticks and they just they just seemed like they were trying to do a lot in such a little amount of time mm-hmm. and it just yeah i mean it, it was uh, so like i think for me load and metallica are the only bad album is it called metallica i'm, or do you I'm call surprised the black you album?
2: thought the black album everyone calls it the black album
0: so load and, and the black album are, are for me the only bad metallica albums I'm surprised
2: you dislike it that much.
0: The black album, yeah, it's just there was nothing there. It was just fucking boring. It, it was almost like load, but at least there were some catchy like uh, like melodies in there. And as much yeah. as I don't like Enter Sandman, his voice like like his vocals on there are are, are pretty damn good. Yeah, but uh, my favorite okay. song for Reload, yeah, Reload would be mine too. Memory. Memory remains. Uh, I like the out outro. Really? It's really yeah, it's really weird and huh. fucking like doesn't really fit with anything. It's kinda cool. I dig it.
2: Huh. Memory remains. That was a big hit of theirs too. That was huge. That was a huge song. Oh man. Yeah, so reload is is my number eight as well. Um banger on this one is fuel. I think fuel it like you said, it's a little bit nostalgic, but it's still a really good, fast, like driving song. And it's like, and you listen, you're like, oh, fuck, this album's gonna, might be pretty cool, you know, after all the garbage we heard (laughs) with uh, the Black Album and Load, this, this album might pick up and sound good. But no, it just, it drops off real quick after Fuel. Like, there's no other song on it that, that's, that is that like fast or like uplifting, you know? Everything else is pretty just like droning and just kind of boring hard rock. It's not good, man. It really is not good. Just me. All right. So what do you got for number seven?
0: No, how, at what point do, like, how many of these albums for you are just bad, and then how many of them are just like okay? Are are you are you still in the uh, bad phase?
2: I'm still in the bad phase. The my okay. my number seven is the last of the bad.
0: Okay. My my number seven is Death Magnetic.
2: Okay. Is this a bad for you, or is this just okay? This
0: is okay. I I think this this album is the first of like it was meh. It was whatever. It's just kind of like okay. groovy metal music and didn't really go anywhere. And I just got really tired of Kirk's solos Like just I'm just so fucking done with them So boring <laughs> Like I realized Cause after listening to their first couple albums I texted you like Oh dude I fucking love Kirk And he's fucking rad And you're like He's not that great And I was like What are you talking about? He's good And then now I finally realized Like dude this guy had like ruined his previous solos Because of this album Yeah Just so I mean, his done sol- with them
2: His solos in the 80s Metallica are great but then you've come to realize soon after that James Hetfield is the good guitar player. Like he's the one that he fucking rips it up. Like he's one of the best, if not the best rhythm guitar players of all time. Whoa. James Hetfield is James Hetfield is like, dude, he's like almost unmatched. He's great. Whoa. But no, Kirk Hammett. Yeah. In, starting in the nineties, like Lars, you know, Lars and Kirk just went downhill in the nineties and just haven't really recovered. Kirk did a little bit, but not, not that much. But my number seven is the Black album. Uh, it's oh, wait, what's your what's your banger off of uh, Death Magnetic?
0: I guess Judas Kiss, like, kind of cool, I guess. Okay.
2: All right. Uh, yeah. So my, my my seven is Black, and you know it's just, I I remember when I was a kid, I I hated Enter Sandman. I thought it was just not a very good song, so I never got into Metallica, and I thought that's what Metallica was until a uh, friend of the pod, Kevin. He, uh, I think we were like eighth grade. I think it was eighth grade. He gave me a record, he gave me a CD, a burn CD, and it was Kill 'Em All. I'm like, oh, I don't like Metallica, they're really fucking stupid, but I use a different word. Um, and I put on Kill 'Em All, and I was just like, my mind was absolutely fucking blown. I had no idea that the band sounded like this. And I remember immediately going out that day and buying Kill 'Em All for myself and then the subsequent releases, but yeah, I thought for forever the black album was metallica and that's all they ever sounded like and it was so disappointing it sucks but over the over you know some time the one song that has kind of grown on me a little bit more is enter sandman uh so i'd have to say that's the banger on it and i think the only thing that saves that song is the guitar solo i feel like that's one of kirk's greatest moments in metallica is the guitar solo in enter sandman
0: i think why i I, I I stand by that that's that song so much too because every time I see him play it like imagine like I don't even imagine like uh, like Cindy Lauper right singing a song and she mm-hmm. looks in the crowd and as she's singing the hook she looks in like the crowd and she winked at somebody and she smiles you know and she shows off her pearly whites and it's just so corny. What are you
2: talking about?
0: That's what James <laughs> Hetfield always fucking does when he sings a song. He's always like smiling. Eggs, yeah. I can just imagine him like fucking <laughs> winking at some guy in the crowd or like, ah, dude, oh, it's just so gross.
2: So yeah, that, that's, my, that's my number seven. Uh, let's move on to number six. Number six, what six do for you
0: me is Hardwired to Self-Destruct. Okay.
2: Mine, that's my number six as well. So we can both get into that. Uh, this one's just, so it's just
0: know? it's just very similar to the Death Magnetic for me. It was just it was just okay, still kind of boring, nothing really going on. But at least the solos in this one weren't like drawn out and boring like they were in Death Magnetic. My favorite song from here was Atlas Rise. I really like the guitar harms in that one. I like the way he says Atlas. Ooh, Rise. That's a good song.
2: Okay, yeah, Hardwired. I mean, this is their newest album. If you don't know, it came out I think in twenty sixteen. Um, I think this is this is like a kind of like a mature more mature death magnetic but i feel like some of the stuff falls short like a couple of the songs on here i think are just good they're not like are okay to good you know so this is why this one's a little bit lower but um funny you mentioned the uh, kirk's guitar solos on this one because he was widely criticized for his guitar solos on this one and the fact that he had like very little to do with the writing on this record and his actual guitar solos like he was just very he very much phoned it in on this record and there's actually a series of videos for every single song uh the making of every single song they're like seven minute videos for each song on this one and like kirk is pretty much non-existent and almost every like the only time he ever came in was to play a guitar solo and when he did it was just like it was just so phoned in and a lot of people criticized him for it
0: that's so bizarre because for sure in death magnetic was when i first realized that dude i'm so done with this guy solos
2: (laughs) that's great i think it's great so done (laughs) <laughs> but my my banger on uh, hardwired is uh spit out the bone that was like a like a like a thrash song you know that was like the most thrash song on the record and i think the guitar solos in that are, are great i like the drumming a lot in it too really catchy beats so spit out the bones my favorite okay one. <clears throat> so, so what do you got for number five
0: so if you haven't noticed there's been one album that i haven't said yet right <laughs>
2: oh yeah <laughs> i just realized that
0: no why so my number five is saying oh. oh that's that's shocking that's truly I, shocking. dude me too like after hearing some of the f- remember because we were could we watch the movie at the same time and we were kind of going yeah. back and forth we were like and texting were each other parts, the whole time there were certain parts where like hetfield would, would sing like a riff and i was just I was just like dude what the f- is this a fucking album is this for real and I was just so, I, I had zero expectation that this that I would even like this at all. But I ended up liking it a lot. A lot more than I thought it would. There's some really cool sounds here. There's some cool music. But unfortunately, I think Hetfield is way too loud. And he's trying way too damn hard. But mm-hmm. some of the things that I did like about this album is I hear a lot of, like, Slipknot in this. Like, bad Slipknot. Oh, that's interesting. But I hear, like, a lot bad of Slipknot. And just kind of the way, like, Slipknot plays and then just... Like the way the drums are sound a lot like it too, just not good. And I also hear a lot yeah. of like Primus, but again, just not not good Primus. Okay. But my okay. favorite song too is is Frantic. I, dude, I love this song. I think this song is so great. I just wish Hetfield would shut the
2: fuck up. <laughs> my lifestyle God. determines my death style.
0: That's why I was like giggling oh, when so you good. said that earlier because the song's so cool. <laughs> but dude, shut up. You know what they?
2: So, so since that album came out. In two thousand three, they they rarely play any songs from it. It's very it's it's so fucking rare, and but the few times that they have, um, Kirk has added guitar solos into the songs. So, just throwing that one out there because he was he was so widely criticized for not providing any solos
0: because he can't. And, um, he does the same like he like, like you said. He, he relies so much on
2: the whammy bar or on the wah pedal.
0: They peaked so hard with like their first three and a half kind of albums. And after that, like, dude, he had nothing to offer. Nothing. Like, at least (laughs) Lars started at the bottom and continued kind of at the bottom. Like, Kirk almost (laughs) like started at the top and then just like went downhill and everyone's like, whoa, dude, like that's you only he's only written like four solos and just plays them different ways all the time.
2: Yeah, just with different variations of the wah pedal. Yeah, irritating. He he is the master of the wah pedal though. Like he he knows how to work that fucking thing. So good for him on that. But my number five is uh, Death Magnetic. I I I love this record. I I still do. I think it's besides the the eighties Metallica. I think this is the best they've done. Um, I like, I like all the guitar solos. I think his solos are very good on this. The The only thing I don't really care for on this record is how loud it is. It's a very loud, compressed record. And that that's pretty much it, though. I the songs can be kind of tedious at times. But I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's a pretty solid record for me, at least. And uh, and my, my number one song on here is Cyanide. I love that fucking song.
1: Oh, I hate
0: the way there. he says like cyanide. Or he thinks he's so fucking cool when he rhymes words with yeah. cyanide and suicide. Like, come <laughs> on.
2: Shut up. Suicide and Redemption, that, that instrumental song, is really good too. That has a great fucking guitar solo in it. One of, one of his best guitar solos is in that instrumental, I think. But that's just me. Okay, let's move on to the number four. I mean, this is where this is all eighties for Eighties Metallica for us. So yeah, we might agree on a lot of this. I don't know. We'll see. So, what do you got for number four?
0: Okay, so let me just say that Saint Anger and this one for me are good. I really like Saint Anger. I don't even care. The ones prior Fucking to that, nuts. so like Load for me, Load Black album and Reload were bad. Death Magnetic, yeah. Hardwired were okay. Saint Anger and then now Justice for All, which is my four. Those are good uh-huh. albums. Justice for All is my <laughs> number four. I think it's a good album. I like that album. Okay. Yeah. There's there's a lot of soloing here and it's and a lot of drawn out chugging instrumentals.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But it's not bad. And I I kind of like I kind of almost liked the repetitiveness and the boringness that it kind of just blended together. Because the whole album kind of just like chugged along and never really stopped. But I get it. I liked it. But like weirdly, my yeah. favorite song on this is one, but only the heavy, fast, aggressive part at the end.
2: Oh, I know. It's it's amazing, right? It's so
0: good. <clears throat> yeah. And
2: okay okay, number four is for me is Injustice for All as well. But in in one, I just like when, when it picks up and it starts chugging and then that guitar solo comes in, oh my god. It's that so guitar solo is good. so Fucking great. I it it's fucking amazing. It's like you but gotta do the first all.
0: part to get to that last part, but it's okay.
2: Yeah, like the first three and a half minutes.
0: Yeah.
2: Um but yeah, and Justice for All, I mean, this is the first one with Jason Newstead, the new bass player. And unfortunately, he was being hazed so bad. He was treated so badly by the rest of the band, especially by James and, and Lars, that Lars told the the engineer and producer that you need to turn down his bass and turn my drums up. So in the actual final mix, like his bass playing is almost inaudible. It's, it's yeah, horrible. It's like non-existent.
0: But,
2: but people have like in the last few years, people have... You can go onto YouTube and you could find uh, versions of this entire album with the bass turned up. So fans were able to get like kind of almost like the master tracks, but they're not really the master tracks. Uh, and they were able to turn the bass up and remix the, the album. And it sounds actually very good with the bass in there. It's, it's surprisingly much better. So I, I'd recommend going to check that out on YouTube. But uh, my, my favorite song off this one, it's a killer record, uh, is Shortest, Shortest Straw. The, that is my favorite guitar solo of oh, all You time. like
0: that solo? Um,
2: that solo is I, it, by any band, by any guitar player, that is my favorite guitar solo of all Really? Time. It's Shortest Straw. I love that. It's so wonky and it's so weird. Oh, I fucking love it. I love what he does in that. But, okay. So that, that, that's, that's my number four for me. All right. Uh, what, what do you got for number three?
0: Uh, number three for me is Ride the Lightning. So now we're getting into great stuff. I think yeah. <laughs> I think all they're the, the three that we're going to list are all great and mm-hmm. each one could could arguably like take the place of another easily and not be a big deal. But Ride the Lightning is my number 3. Um, it's, like I said it's great stuff. It's quite a jump from like Kill 'em All sonically and musically. Mm-hmm. It's just very grown up. It's very it's very much tighter. And uh, yes. my favorite song is is a Cthulhu
2: or Tulu, Call of Cthulhu. Yeah, yeah.
0: there's just there, dude. There's a lot of stuff going on there, but like the best part is just minimal Hetfield. And <laughs> he's like for sure my least favorite person in the band.
2: That's so strange. Ah, I can't believe that. My my number three is also Ride the Lightning. Uh, this one, yeah, like you said, you, you said it perfectly. This is like a great way of the band showing that the band has matured both you know in songwriting in the production of the record it sounds wildly different than Kill 'Em all when i first got this record i actually didn't like it because i didn't like the way it sounded just like the production of it i didn't like i thought it was like it sounded too like reverbish too reverbed and just sounded very far away in a weird way so but over the years i mean i've just i've come to love this record and my my banger on this one is uh the title track right the lightning Mm -hmm. i feel i feel like just with those heavy hitting drums and with like the high guitar playing, it's just, Oh my God, dude, it's so good. And then it just rips right into it. Fuck man. That's a sick song. So that's my number. three. Okay.
0: Okay.
2: And I think this the next two is where, where you and I differ. I think
0: not by much though. I, I mean, so. My number two is kill them all. This was like, this was the, the, the thrash sound that I had been looking for. Like, this is what I, that I wanted to hear when I when I was getting into thrash when when anybody ever said the word thrash and I thought anthrax I should have been thinking of kill 'em all by metallica this is so rad the only thing that puts this on number 2 is is a little too of the hair metal vocals for me just a little bit really okay so much soloing in here and, oh, and it's, it's out of control anesthesia but it's like it's, but it's not like it's it's not like a like you would get from like a hair metal band. It's just, it's like sloppy kind of thrown in there. Just like, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm going to fucking solo. Okay, go for it. And then he solos.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Like almost like no direction. There was no practice. It's just, it sounds so raw and so fucking good. But Anesthesia is my, definitely my favorite song. And just, it's because I that knew it. Solo.
2: I knew that'd be your favorite. Knew it. It's a cool bass solo, especially, especially when oh, so Lars good. comes in. Yeah. He really turns up the fuzz on that. Oh, it's so good. Uh my number two is master of puppets I mean like like you said i mean the these the top two can be interchangeable um but yeah, master of puppets is my is my second favorite. I mean, we'll get more into this, and I'll talk about my my banger on it, so I'll just skip in we can move on to number one I guess my my number one's kill'em all right yeah, and then then we'll get and then we'll just get straight into master of puppets that sound
0: good yeah why why is why is kill'em all your number one? kill 'em all?
2: I think it might one reason might be because this was the f- first album I heard by Metallica that I truly enjoyed, and I was just being I just remember being so blown away by it. And like you said, I love the rawness of it. I love how kind of sloppy it sounds, but the guitar solos are great. My favorite Metallica song is on this record. Um, Which one? And that's hit hit the lights. Oof. I mean, it, it's just the last two and a half three minutes of the song is just soloing and they're like cool fucking solos and and Hetfield's rhythm playing on it I think is just is is so fucking amazing and then Kirk just going all crazy all over it. it it it's it's a perfect kill 'em all is a perfect album it's it it really it really it really is the epitome of of thrash metal i feel but not the most accessible but it is the epitome of it if that makes sense
0: yeah I, so, I agree.
2: so yeah, that, that that's kill them all for me and then My number one So yours is obviously Master of Puppets Number
0: one for me <laughs> is Master of Puppets
2: Oh my god, so let's just get into this After that that long-winded ranking of the Metallica albums
0: Just like an overview, uh, overview I, I also wrote down your rankings next to my rankings So mm-hmm. our rankings aren't that far away At most, we're one or two no. albums off The only thing that we differ on greatly is the St. Anger St.
2: Anger and I feel like Death Magnetic. We we differed a lot on that.
0: Death Maybe Magnetic not in the rankings, was,
2: but how we how we feel about it.
0: Death Magnetic was was two above mine. You ranked it two higher than mine. But yeah, definitely. Like that that one, that one I just I could not stand the solos, but you liked the solos on that one.
2: Yeah, so so what are your first impressions <laughs> on Metallica? Like why didn't why didn't you like them at first? Because I, I, I've been trying for years, many years, decades to get you into them.
0: You you have been trying for a very long time. I I just I've never liked Metallica because of the Black Album. I've I just much like the Foo Fighters. I think Foo Fighters are just plain vanilla rock music. I think Metallica is the same way, but with like I I put in air quotes metal music. Like the Black Album and Beyond, I just there was nothing really metal about it. Yeah, they had some parts here and there that you kind of think are metal, but it's just. It's just like it's too accessible to everybody. There's there's too much there. Actually, there's not enough there to piss people off. It's just it's just it's just boring rock music. And that's what <laughs> I've always thought of Metallica. And then the whole Napster thing came out, right? And I just that that really solidified how much I did not like Metallica. Mm-hmm. And then after watching the To Kill a Monster. Bird. What's it called? What do we watch? What is the documentary that we watched? Oh, uh, uh,
2: Some Kind of Monster.
0: Some Kind of Monster. After watching that mm-hmm. doc, and it was just... Like, not only did they treat that dude, Jason Newsom, like shit in that documentary, right? Like, he just got shit all yeah, over yeah. the place. But they made themselves seem like they don't even give a fuck about each other. They only care about making music and keeping this corporation, Metallica, alive. And it was just so disgusting. And they hired this therapist... And they and, and, and the way the documentary made it seem, obviously, the like the guys running the documentary can make anything seem the way they wanted to with the with the, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. So, just hiring a therapist not because they want to continue being friends, but because they want to make this album come out and make more money. Like that was just gross to me. It was just disgusting. And everything I've heard from Metallica has just always been gross and dumb and, <laughs> ugh, just. just but you've but you've never Mainstream taken my advice. bullshit. Like I,
2: I've always told you don't focus on '90s or 2000s metallica. Just it's hard. Do it. it's, it's hard bad. not
0: to. Oh my god. It but took you never. This long. But again. But again, like you brought me "Master of Puppets," and I agree. I I think "Master of Puppets" the song is a banger. I like that song a lot. Yeah. But it still wasn't enough for me to dive in. Luckily for you, while watching Airhead starring Brendan Fraser. Mm-hmm. they uh they played an anthrax song that i liked and and then diving deeper into anthrax and how shitty tra yeah they they played trash music instead of thrash play? music <laughs> 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 so really uh diving is. diving deeper into that you know Kill 'em all came out and 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 that that really that really that really catapulted me i mean, I'm just rambling at this point yeah i know but it's again fine. It's had totally you just fine. played me battery a long time ago I would have been all in
2: all in all right fair enough fair enough all in all right, so I, 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 I assume I "Battery" Western is your that. your biggest banger on this record, right?
0: Yeah, not by far though. My my number two is right behind. There's only like eight songs on this album, so yeah,
2: there's only eight songs. But I mean, they're different. There are multiple parts. Like, there's you can't just talk about just the song as a whole. Like, there there's so many things involved in, within each song that True. make it really really make them really great. Um, I know you told me something about when when you put on "Battery," you're like, "Oh, this is some like same old bullshit," and then it just got into the heavy part, and you're like. That that was when you were blown away. Yeah. It was after the
0: acoustic part. Never right? heard battery before. So I, I I've never heard any of these songs before except Master of Puppets.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so when Battery came on and that acoustic part was playing, I was like, okay, cool. This is this is kind of cool, I guess. I'm sure it'll go <laughs> into this this long drawn out like solo. They actually did do it later on in the album. Um but I, I was just whatever. Dude, and then it kind of like Okay. It came in really hard and and but it not immediately right. So, the music comes in slowly to match like the pace of the acoustic, Mm -hmm. and it slowly builds up into that, and then it just stops. So it almost there's there's several parts in this album that kind of like trick you, at least me. I mean, this is like an old album, but at least like the, the the things that I've heard bands do to try and try and trick the audience where they. They stop the the soft music and then play fast music real quick. That's cool. That's been done. Yeah. I get it. That's fun. But like this one did a little bit different than in Battery. Like I said, they, it was acoustic music, and they blended the heavy stuff and they stopped the heavy stuff and got into the fast heavy stuff. So it was almost like there was a, there was there was a middle ground there, and that's what I thought separated the song from just stopping the acoustic and going right into the heavy. And I like yeah. that. Love it.
2: I agree. The- should we play a little bit of battery or just that buildup
0: yeah should we get into that yeah yeah, 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 yeah.
2: all right here we go here's battery um and that buildup jeff was talking about little bit of battery for all of you out there so is is it the part that really got you you hooked was it the after the the heavy part it just goes into that 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 thrashy guitar riff is that what caught you caught your attention the most
0: i think mostly the bridge from the acoustic into the speed part that that's what really got me was it it, like i said it 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 just didn't drop into it It yeah. was kind of, it was, it was more, it was more musically inclined to kind of ease myself into it, which, which doesn't mean like they're soft or anything. It just means that they're, they're more, they're more aware of, of kind of like the point from A to B doesn't need to just be from A to B. It could go A and then go off somewhere and come back to B. And I, I appreciate that. That was, that was nice. That was, that was a little extra credit. <laughs> you know what I mean?
2: That's good. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, so my my thing on on this album, this was probably this is the second album I ever I ever heard from Metallica like in full in its entirety. I got Kill 'Em All first, then I bought Master of Puppets. Fell in love this love with this album as well. Um, I just I like this album from the very beginning. My first listen, I I thought the acoustic at the beginning of uh battery was weird and I didn't really like it, but I was a, a dumb kid. But after that, it just Still it hard. gets so good, and Every member in the band shines on this record, as much as I talk shit on Lars Ulrich, he does really shine in this. He has some great parts in almost every song. Um, but I, the the way this song, this album too, is uh, is kind of laid out, track wise, it has it does a really good job of just kind of bringing it down to like heavier stuff and then just bringing it back up. From like you know the end of uh, Welcome Home Sanitarium, the like it's kind of like a slower chuggy song. But then toward the end, it just fucking picks up speed like crazy, and then you go right into Disposable Heroes, and that song's that Disposable Heroes is my favorite
0: song on the record. What? Yeah. Oh man, Disposable that was heroes. almost. I, I was I was <laughs> battling whether or not I should even call it a stinker.
2: <laughs> I don't know. It, it's there's not a bad song on this record. There That's are no stinkers. Not no. one but single Disposable bad heroes was the only no one that stinkers.
0: came close to it.
2: No, but why? I want to know why. Why you think it, it it does?
0: Well, let's 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 kill. Let's because these songs are long, like you said. So we, there's only yeah, eight yeah. of them. Let's kill battery, and then we'll go okay. into disposable heroes and why I think that it's just not that great. Okay, um, let's do it. So, like uh, more parts about battery that I think are really great are because because it's so fast, because it's so thrash. They also let the kind of rhythm guitar ring out with the chords at points. Mm-hmm. And then Lars kind of slows down on the drumming's, so it kind of gives you that that sort of like uh, the illusion of relief, where mm-hmm. it slows down. But nothing's really slowing down. It just sounds like it's slowing down because there's not as many notes being played, yeah, per bar, more open chords, yeah. And then it kicks right back into it. So I think that is another reason why I think uh, I think Battery's one of the greatest like thrash songs ever written, coming from a guy who's only heard like five. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: You're so new to the thrash game i it's great that that you finally embraced it. It took long enough, oh so
0: good. I'm
2: glad you finally embraced it, but i, I agree but with you too they they let they let the right notes ring out just long enough for it for you to to be excited when it when it comes back really fast like it's only like maybe a second or two
0: yeah, not long at all no
2: but it, it's it's enough of a break to where you're not just like, oh this is like the same boring you know 30, 32 note you know. Strumming on the E string, you know, it's just like it's. It's more it's more complicated more complex than that, if, I guess. But I don't know. I think,
0: I think that's what this whole album was it was just like Kill 'em All, but more complicated, but not in the sense of like Ride the Lightning was, towards like musically challenging to play. It was just it was just a little mm-hmm. more thought out.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's way more refined than than Kill 'em All. Like Kill 'em All, it. it when you listen to that that first record, it sounds like you know they were on, they were under pressure, like time pressure. You know, like we have to we have to bust out ten songs in three days. So let's just fucking go through it and just play as fast as we can and as pissed off as we possibly can. And that's what they did on that first record. But yeah, they had way more time. Like from what I know about the, the Master of Puppets record, James and Lars have always been like the mastermind behind the the writing of metallica songs and that's how it was on this record james and lars they they wrote most of the music in a little garage in el cerrito california and then after they they had written all the the meat of the songs they brought it to kirk and cliff and they added their own touches to it from there and i i mean it's, it's an interesting way to to write a song especially from a band this big and that's how they were best known to write was that way especially with the drummer being so involved as he is it's kind of it's interesting but yeah that's that's just how they were back then and then it was it was in the 90s when the rest of the band started to be when they became more collaborative and kirk was more involved and jason was more involved and that and then obviously bob rock to me ruined the band but (laughs) there you have it um but yeah no matt this 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 album is is great so i forgot where what where i was going with that but that's fine
0: I don't know. But uh, don't know battery, either. so then, like some other things battery does as well that I really like is uh, around like the 250 mark, it kind of slows down before the actual solo. Mm-hmm. And then the solo kicks in. And the solo is still kind of dark, and it's still kind of building its own tension, which mm-hmm. I like. And then, But the solo itself kind of relieves you of all that in the beginning. And then at the very, very end, it's... Or at the end of the solo itself it, it, it doesn't just like Stop And then go back into the vocals There's like a small instrumental Before beginning again mm-hmm. And I think that's like One of my biggest things With solos That I don't like Even though they did it In this album too But When you sing, sing, sing And have like a verse Chorus, whatever And then boom Stop solo And the solo is itself It's own like Thing And there's no kind of Construction around the solo
2: Yeah
0: Almost like like I said, they did in this album. But like, if you were to say like go and then solo, mm-hmm. and then right when the solo is done, you kick back into the chorus like that. That kind of like structure I don't like because then it's just like you're inserting a solo in the middle of a song Just for the sake of it. Just for the sake of the solo, without constructing the be- without constructing the before and after. But I think in Battery, they 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 build up to the solo, have the solo. And the solo kind of drowns out and it has like an instrumental and then it goes back into the song itself. And I think yeah. that I appreciate that more than just fucking a solo when there's fucking anywhere you want.
2: That well, I feel like that's how the Master of Puppets song is too. You know, you have that that amazing buildup with kind of like the, the cleaner guitars playing along with each other, you know, kind of harmonizing with one another. And then it kind of just builds up and then the the main guitar solo comes in, and it just rips through it. And then you get this this cool another cool instrumental break in that song before getting back into the the chorus again a couple of times and then ending the song. Like they were they were at this time they were like the master of doing that.
0: But like Damage and Inc. That song specifically, they do say go and then solo.
2: They do, and it's kind of cool though.
0: But it works. It's actually yes. really cool. Yeah, it, it's it really cool work. in that song. Uh, but, but yeah, Battery, Battery Battery's for what, sure my what favorite I, song on the album.
2: And what I, what I like about Battery too, like the lyrics. Fr- some of the songs on, on Lyrically are, are kind of deep. They're deeper than you might think. But Battery is just straight for the fans. It's just them saying, you're the reason why we make this energetic music. You're the reason why our live shows are fucking insane. Yeah. And this song's for you. And so they write this like, this, th- this banger right here. And to start the album like, out like this is great. And even to this day, this is, for the most part, the opener of every one of their concerts is Battery. I think that's so cool. It just yeah. it's a really, really good introduction to the band.
0: Going off of that too, in that that orchestral arrangement that they did, right? With the Oh, the S and M performance? Was that the San Francisco orchestra thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that was um that was dumb. hmm <laughs> I didn't like that. I didn't like that at all. That was silly. I it was it was all pomp and circumstance and it completely took away from the actual kind of feel of the song. And I did not like that at all. But um, I know, agree. I mean. I
2: don't think I don't think the S and M performance, the, the entire performance. I I don't I didn't see the appeal in it. I it was just it was unnecessary. And a lot of people really praised that that performance, but I just I didn't care for it that much. But it, like, it's it's like an interesting part of the battery of
0: or like the whole thing. Just
2: it, it, the whole thing, because I've watched the entire performance before. But it's just like some of the slower songs. It makes more sense, like the stuff during the '90s era, off of like the Black Album and and Load and stuff. But overall the um that the SNM performance I just don't care for. It's just not necessary and it doesn't really add anything to the songs. It doesn't take away anything, it's just there. But See like
0: do I, I, I thought that too. Like it definitely doesn't add anything, but it definitely takes away from battery. Even um, though I even though my least favorite part of this band is Hetfield and his vocals, the first mm-hmm. three albums, my f- one of my favorite parts of this band is Hetfield's vocals.
2: What? What? That doesn't make any sense. Like you just said A- you don't like. After
0: it. After Master of Puppets is when Hetfield's vocals just got in the way of like the cool music. But like okay. here, fair enough. Fair enough. If it, if if it wasn't for Hetfield's vocals, you would just be listening to over and over and over and over and over. But because his vocals are are so cool and just they're so kind of like like earnest and basic, I just I fucking love him. And I think his vocal style matches perfectly with the music they're playing.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Like you, like you
0: couldn't put anybody else in there on vocals and they would do a better job than headfield. Absolutely yeah, and it, perfect.
2: It made, and and it, makes, it makes perfect sense considering he is one of the, the main songwriters and he plays his guitar around his vocals. Like he, like they, they go hand in hand so perfect and I love that about Metallica so much at this time, this era of the band. Yeah, yeah at so, this time for sure. He was so good at it. He was so fucking good at it. But um, let's move on to another banger of yours. What do you got? Since we got neither of us have any stinkers.
0: Well, you wanted to fight about disposable heroes, right?
2: I didn't want to fight about it. I just wanted to talk okay. about
0: it. So, yeah, we'll, we'll fight about <laughs> it right now. Okay, so, uh, I mean, this song is just, just okay. The, the, the build up in the beginning is, is kind of like it puts itself on a pedestal and just doesn't really go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really the drums that bother me, right? So I think everyone else is sort of kind of giving it their all. And for the first time you hear Lars just kind of trying his best to keep up. Like a kid who oh, just yeah. who just can't run as fast as his older brother. But his brother has to fucking like <laughs> slow down and wait for Lars. But Lars yeah. up until now and after this has been great. Like he's played to his to his strengths, he's played to the music, and he's done a fantastic job. And that's why I was so surprised when I listened to this album. I was like, dude, Lars is fucking good in this context except yeah. for this song Lars just could not keep up and because of that I think he brought mm-hmm. everybody else down.
2: Do you, are you referring to the part where where it picks up and it goes super super fast like in the pre-chorus? Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Specifically, yeah. yes. Yeah, you, I mean the playing is super fucking fast and I, I can I can understand where you're coming from but I feel like the the melody and the the chorus and the the lead guitar playing makes up for Lars subpar playing i really think everything it just makes up for it but even then, like it, I thought, it's that it's it's so good that it still makes the song like a, a huge banger
0: is that the point though like it w- w- was Lars playing shitty just to give everybody else like a like an opportunity to shine no. is that the point no, he's
2: just not a good no he's just not a good drummer because he does speed what it what up in the solo he does but he's just, that but that's how he's always been he's just never been consistent he's never ever consistent like even now, like you'll see live performances, and some nights he just he sounds like shit. Like he cannot keep the beat; he cannot stay in the pocket. But then some nights he plays flawlessly. Like he's he's so he's one of the most inconsistent musicians I've ever seen, especially on that level. It's remarkable that Metallica has stayed this relevant because of his playing. It, it, it's an, it's absolutely insane. But I, you know, I'm just gonna play some Disposable Heroes. <laughs> This is my favorite song on the record And I like the lyrics a lot too So here's um, Disposable Heroes There's disposable heroes. From the one and only Metallica. Ooh, that is a fucking banger, dude. I don't know what you're talking about. It's not say it's bad. Dude, it's so good. And it has some of the best lyrics on the whole record. It's fucking great.
0: I don't understand. I lo- it. I,
2: lo- I love the, the pacing I love how the pacing changes. I know Lars can't really keep up like we said, but I do love the pacing and it, it just adds so much to the song and and the meaning of the lyrics. It's Oh man, it's a fucking great song. It's so good. So good. Se-get. So good. The solo is good, but it's not the best on the record for sure. But it's still a solid solo as well. You But
0: you yeah. are You're good. You don't have any stinkers, no?
2: No, I have no stinkers on this record. Okay.
0: So like my my personal other favorite uh, l- Let me just go with the song that they're okay that I don't I I would be okay if we didn't talk about them. The thing that should not be Okay. I think he's, I think he's okay. Okay. I think Leper Messiah is okay. Okay. That's it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> everything, okay, well, well, everything else is a banger.
2: Let, let's get into some of the lyrics because I I've never actually dived into uh, James's lyrics on this record, and I. I liked his stuff a lot. I liked what he write, wrote about a lot, like what we just talked about in Disposable Heroes. I mean, that, that's just a straight-up anti-war song. It's him criticizing, you know, the military and them brainwashing young young men into just killing at the drop of a hat. And, you know, it, it's just his his criticism of that, and I think that's great, and it should be talked about more, but it's not. It is. Uh,
0: I mean, it is um, the whole, like, back to the front, you will do what I say when I say it. Like that whole yeah. like order giving, like you fucking get back to the front to die. I'm going to stay back here.
2: Yeah, I feel like, and then like in that song, one of, I think the best lines in it is when he says bread to kill, not to care, do just as we say. I mean, that's, I think that is a really, really deep line. And it says a lot right there. Just that one short little line, which is great. Yeah. But, uh, but then like you said, the, the thing that should not be, it, it's one of the slower songs. Uh, They, I guess James is a really big fan of H.P. Lovecraft and this, and about how do you pronounce it? Is it Cthulhu? Cthulhu? I don't know, Cthulhu? Cthulhu? Cthulhu, Yeah, whatever. But it's about that, and that's what this song is about. You know, it's just a straight up sci fi song lyrically, you know, and it just kind of builds on that kind of whole mythology of Cthulhu that H.P. Lovecraft wrote about. And then Leper Messiah, what?
0: Like the thing that should not be was just it it was groovy, it was cool. The vocals reminded me of Rush, kind of. A little bit, yeah. And um, I, I feel like Inner Salmon was taken a lot from from this. Mm-hmm. And like that, that's where they got the inspiration from their own song. But I like the way, like the eerie way he says, like, rising and immortal and in madness mm-hmm. you dwell. Just, like, yelling cool shit. Like, I, lo- I love that. <laughs> love it.
2: Yeah, I liked it, too. I like it, because, like you said, the thing that should not be in Leper Messiah that were your least favorites. But I feel like they're the two songs that relate closest to one another lyrically because in the thing that should not be, it talks about, you know, the, like a supernatural being using his powers, but then hiding it as science. And then eventually, you know, kind of tricking everybody into believing that he's the best. And then, you know, the story goes on, you know, that they make, start making hybrid humans and then Cthulhu actually rises out of the sea and rises up and just kind of destroys everything. So yeah, it, it's a really cool story. And the way he builds it in the song is really interesting.
0: It's, yeah, that's that that's fairly similar to like Leper's Messiah and the whole like corruption and religion type of thing that he's yeah. that he's going for.
2: Like it's just brainwashing, essentially just brainwashing people into a religion, you know. But, but I mean, in Leper Messiah, he was referring more to like televangelists because that's what was coming up and popular at the time in the 80s. Televangelists were just out of their mind. And they still are. But <laughs> Yeah. It's uh,
0: But the thing that should not be was one of, I I feel like one of their heaviest songs. It was heavy fuzz, low register guitars, solo super wily, squirtly. Yeah. Good mm-hmm. stuff. But it was yeah. okay overall.
1: Yeah.
2: Okay, so let's let's get into um let's see. What what's another banger for you?
0: Uh Easy, Orion. That's my second favorite song. Instrumental. And it's damn close, yeah. Like this this song was I almost like created a new category of banger, okay, and stinker. And I put this into like a better banger. <laughs> because there, was, there were just so many fucking parts to this. And like the more I read about it and like the more lore I heard, I mm-hmm. I didn't know which parts were the bass parts, which parts were the guitars. Yeah. If if it even was like a guitar or a bass, because like the intro, I, I I read some places that it wasn't a bass, it was an organ played yeah, through like played heavy through. distortion. Yeah. Yeah. And then I read later on that like some of the guitar parts that I thought were guitars were actually Cliff doing bass parts, but using like a wah pedal and and just like I I don't even know what to fucking think in the song, but it was so mm-hmm. goddamn good.
2: It is really good, uh, and yeah, from what I from what I heard and read too, like Kirk was saying that he had he had three guitar solos on the record on this song, uh, and then Cliff had one bass solo, but then. Cliff ended up liking Kirk's guitar solo so much that when Kirk wasn't there, he played the guitar solo on the bass, and so he ended up getting two bass solos, and Kirk got two guitar solos. And then Kirk wasn't mad; he was just shocked that he made it that much better. You know, like like he never even thought that that Cliff should even play it, but once he did, it just turned out to be way better than anybody had thought. And that was that's so cool.
0: Yeah, that's like, one of those like so in that in that t- what was the documentary called? To ma- making so- a monster. Some kind of monster. Some kind of monster. I'm going to fucking <laughs> up the whole episode. <laughs> Some kind of monster. But one of the things that uh, Bob, what's his name? Bob Ross? Bob Rock? Bob Rock. That, that goofball, fucking squirrely, <laughs> weasel shithead. One of the things that he said that I kind of almost like held true was that after Cliff died, I think Metallica is never going to have another bass player. Mm-hmm. And like, that's kind of true. Like, I, I think that like in that in that documentary, if nothing else they finally got to like the root of the problem, especially James who kind of opened up more so than others. Mm -hmm. And he says that he still like, he blames cliff for dying and like ruining their band. And that's such like an honest douchey, but still like an honest kind of like childish thing to say. And, and I think that, um, I think that's true. I think they're all still like probably so fucked up, like mentally or whatever it is that they, they still blame cliff for dying and, kind of like ruining their dreams and, and this song i think is a good like goodbye to cliff and himself
2: yeah it's like it's like he un he unknowingly
0: wrote his
2: his final song his yeah. eulogy and even more
0: it it's like eulogy, I, I, yeah. I read that they played this song at his funeral too oh fuck that's rough and even more yeah. like like hetfield has like a tattoo of the like the middle bass line here on his arm yeah he has the notes tattooed on his arm. Like yeah. Tattooed like there's just nothing. These these guys are so like f- like mentally fucked from this guy.
2: Yeah, they they were just they were so close and they were just they loved each other so much. All four of them, that Cliff Di- Cliff's death was just the worst thing that could have happened to them. And like if if anybody listening is unfamiliar, Cliff Burton, they were touring master of puppets. They were in Europe. They were in Sweden, more specifically. Uh and they nobody's really sure, but the bus driver was either drunk or he hit some black ice and the bus rolled over and Cliff was thrown out of the bus but then pinned underneath the bus and died. Awful. Underneath the bus. Yeah. And and Kirk has always said that he feels the most responsible because they used to like do like a rock, paper, scissors, or like flip a coin to see whose bunk they were gonna get. And Cliff ended up getting Kirk's bunk that night and had he not done that, Kirk would have been the one underneath the bus and possibly died.
0: Like that survivor so, guilt.
2: Yeah. It's the survivor guilt. And, uh, and yeah, but what I, what I like about how they've treated Cliff's legacy too, is that they've honored him so many times in so many ways and released so many things. And they, they involve Cliff's parents even to this day, like with everything Metallica does, they're That's constantly awesome. involved and they have their own studio in, uh, in San Francisco. And, uh, and they have uh they have like this entire area dedicated to Cliff just in the studio, you know? And they just it's it's cool how how they treat it. They treat the entire situation, how bad it was and how well they treat it. It's great.
0: Even though I don't like the two albums so far, I think I think Trujillo is like the closest they have probably gotten to Cliff. Oh totally. they're gonna get to Cliff, especially because he doesn't use a plectrum to play <laughs> uh <laughs> <laughs> to play his bass much like cliff doesn't yeah
2: that's true he uses his fingers no no plectrum on this from from rob but Man. no but rob has uh rob has been known to use the plectrum every once in a while um <gasps> just to get certain like tones that jason newstead used back in the 90s because jason only used a pick he never used his fingers and and so i know i know rob has used a pick here and there for certain songs i don't know what songs but certain songs for sure or a, ple- a plectrum. I'm sorry, not a plectrum. Pick. Plectrum. I plectrum. don't know.
1: Picking.
2: Yeah, my my bad. But uh, but yeah, no. Cliff Cliff was was one of a kind when it came to his his talent. I mean, you watch him play bass and you hear like the bass solos and everything. He was his. It wasn't just like his uh, his technical ability. It was his songwriting too that was uh, kind of ahead of its time and progressive thinking. But still like uh, harmonic and and catchy at the same time. It's it's interesting. It's weird anyway yeah cliff cliff died very young very very young very tragically but anyway uh, yeah orion Orion. his magnum opus i might say uh and cliff did say too about this song this was his his favorite song on the record after master of puppets i apparently master of puppets was the greatest song i ever written according to him but i don't know just Should so we, weird, I mean,
0: like it's it's so bizarre to say that Master of Puppets is your favorite. Like I understand why he would say this is his favorite because they all just kind of groove in like this jazzy sort of way where they're all just feeding off each other and they're all they're all in the same mindset. and They're just feeding off one another. Yeah. But to say Master Master of Puppets is like your favorite, that just goes to show you that Cliff likes the band as a whole more than he likes his own playing.
2: Yeah, and I and from what I've heard about Cliff too, like all the interviews I've read with the rest of the band, like cliff was the guy that introduced them to different genres of music because the three of them were very much into like the metal scene like black sabbath and that's pretty much it but cliff introduced the band to like misfits uh he introduced them to motorhead and um and like jazz music like he was a huge on jazz and huge on like symphony music you know classical music and he introduced all of that and brought that influence into the band which i think is really cool too
0: I think there's a lot to be said too of like Lemmy and Cliff like similarities too.
2: Oh, I totally think so. Yeah, but I do want to. There, there's a part of Orion. It's uh, it's one of the bass solos, and I think I love how the bass solo. The middle comes one in or, on the li- or later one. It's the one that starts at like four minutes, almost four minutes. Okay. And it's like it starts with the bass solo anyway the bass bass solo starts but there's some really cool guitar like spacey sounding guitars that that play along with it and i think it's so unique and it's so different for the band that I, i just i gotta play it so here it is um the part of orion There's a little bit of Orion. It's a long song and there's a lot lot that happens in the song, but it's so good. That's it's one of the highlights of this album is that that interlude, that middle part of Orion. It's great. So good.
0: I think, I think that bass line is, is what Hetfield has tattooed on his arm.
2: Yeah, I think you're right. I think it might be that one. It's solid though. It's solid. Um, but the way the song is is structured too, like it, it starts out like a pretty heavy song, and and you're expecting more of like you know the the chugging fast Metallica, but then yeah like four minutes in you get just that that entirely different song, and then eventually after what we just played it just it builds and builds and gets heavy again and just to round out the song it's it's like a perfectly executed song right there. It's good stuff.
0: I think like the bass and the guitar playing with each other is like one of the most beautiful things I've ever heard.
2: Yeah, it is. It really is. And then, but, and even Lars, Lars is playing too. Like it's, it's pretty in the pocket and it's just, it complements everything really well too.
0: He he does. He does a good job, the entire song.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: What, the one thing I'm curious about this song though, and I haven't been able to really find anything about it, is who plays that, that guitar part that, that goes along with the Cliff's playing. I don't know if it's James or if it's Kirk, because I know James is a very, is a pretty accomplished guitar player. Um, both rhythmly and lead playing too. So I, I'm, I've always been curious as to who plays that part or maybe both played. I don't know, but it's good stuff. Good stuff. Very good stuff. Um, do we have anything else on Orion or should we move on to something else?
0: No, we can move on. That's, I mean, that's, that's, it's an instrumental. And if you're looking for vocals and look elsewhere, it's a, <laughs> it's a fine song. Yeah, that's true.
2: Uh, you know we had we played Master of Puppets at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, but we haven't really talked about it. Okay. So let, let's just get into that. I mean, let's get into let's Master of Puppets into...
0: slash uh, War Pigs. Wait, <laughs> what? What do you, why do you think it's War? Because it kind of sounds this? like War Pigs in the beginning. Oh, it kind of
2: does, huh? Yeah, just a much faster. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, and uh, I mean, it makes well, that's sense. cool. Like it's like yeah.
0: very. It's it's super subtle to where like only if you really knew the War Pigs kind of melody you would notice it and clearly these guys like take took a lot from sabbath Mm -hmm. and later on in their their album and discography like you can hear a lot of sabbath too like the the minimal sabbath i even know but no the match rubbish is a fantastic song
2: it is and i know i mean you were speaking of black sabbath and james has said that the reason why he started playing music and why he wanted to start a band was to make a heavier and darker black sabbath band that's what he wanted to do because he he loved, I mean, he, Black Sabbath is his favorite. That and Misfits are his favorite bands.
0: See, yeah, so I, I that saw. Was the intention. I saw something somewhere too where he liked Misfits a lot. I never got any Misfits at all on any of their <clears throat> other albums.
2: I don't. I don't either. I think it's just he loves. They love the music so much that they just play their songs live. Yeah, they do a lot of covers of of Misfits songs. But yeah, I, I never. I've never seen it in any of their music either. That inspiration oh dude
0: and real quick just like talking about covers like i i, I almost was gonna list like covers under each one of these songs mm-hmm. but then like some of these fucking songs had been covered by so many bands like disposable heroes too especially and like welcome really? home like like welcome home sanitarium maybe it was welcome home sanitarium like, might have been not. like that one specifically was there were so many fucking bands that covered that song i was just like i oh, forget it not even gonna worry about it
2: like Limp covered that song. Yeah. So did uh, like
0: Apocalyptica. Yeah. They covered it. Mm-hmm. Like a bunch of bands that I just, I'm not going to listen to all of them. <laughs> but yeah. Master of Puppets. That's, that's, that's rad, dude. Like there's a lot of chugging there. The bass laying on thick. The guitar sounds low, sludging along.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I think it's like around maybe like the 40 second mark after like you get like the initial guitar playing and then the bass comes in. And you hear it, you hear Cliff like slide, slide down the neck. He goes, yeah. Boom. And then it gets right into it. It's just like it's such a little thing, but it it provides so much to the song, in it because it's so much character. I love it. And, and like just, just, and just
0: knowing it's that he's not using a plectrum is just it's so nice. It's so nice <laughs> to just think about. For anybody that's like oh, listening man. and doesn't know what the fuck, I just found out that a pick, like a, a guitar pick, is actually called a plectrum.
2: Yeah, I didn't know this either. And so,
0: just who the fuck would
2: call it a plectrum? <clears throat> Except idiots like us. We think that we're funny, but we're really not. It's that
0: so funny. stupid. It's <laughs> just really dumb. <laughs>
2: uh, but um, but what it, what I always thought was really great, Master of Puppets, is like to me, it's almost like the, uh, the um, it's much like Orion, but with vocals, because it it starts out heavy and fast, but then it 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 slows down significantly, and there's a lot of good harmonizing with the guitars. And then it builds, 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 and then that guitar solo comes in, and then it just finishes out heavy and fast. So, structurally, they're they're very much the same. Just you know, more guitars than this, and more bass in Orion. But I mean, I do have I do have some timestamps written here. Um, oh, I do too. I I was gonna say maybe we could we could because we already played like the fast beginning part. I'm thinking maybe we could start where the song slows down, and then 3:45 uh, the, area. Yeah, I put the yeah, I like three thirty. yeah, 345. So around that that time and that way we can hear like the guitars playing with along with one another and then it just kind of it builds builds and builds from there, you know. So it's pretty good. So here's um here's a little bit of a uh, little bit more Master of Puppets. Builds and builds. That's great. I'm gonna kind of keep it on in the background. Ooh, get around the uh,
0: cease and desist, huh?
2: <laughs> I try to. I'll try to. But uh, but no, it it's great. And then coming up is that is the kind of the crescendo, and then goes into the guitar solo. It's so good.
0: I yeah. So like even though the solo is 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 full of like the verbiage, right? I I can't really. I don't really like the like the reverb sounding shit. I liked it here. I I think it fit. I think this entire song is just really kind of bizarre to me. There's a lot of pauses, especially during the whole like master part in the beginning. And like there's silences here, master, and they pause. Then it goes into the faster part. The song is just really strange.
2: It is. It Has so many weird things going on. Right. I didn't mean to cut you off but that
0: no that like that's like led in right to what i was kind of like talking about ah
2: oh, it's so good but um <clears throat> that that hey. guitar solo too i i kirk hammond was talking about when he recorded that solo something happened while he was doing it to where it can never be replicated again but that Not that dead. high e string like got caught like in the pickup so that's why you kind of get that that crazy like wonky bend is because the string got caught and and it's something that you just can never recreate. It's just there for for eternity. I thought that was really cool.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure like Joe Satriani could recreate it. No, or Tom Morello could recreate it.
2: Speaking of Joe Satriani, you just brought him up. Kurt Hammett. Um, Kurt Hammett was his guitar student, which is kind of cool. And right before recording this record, he worked with Satriani to find the most effective way to record an album. So you're not just wasting time, you know, and and so he worked with Satriani a lot prior to this record, which is
0: fucking cool as so hell. Like,
2: I don't, I think, I think, that's I
0: don't, cool. I don't know too much about Satriani. I, I've, I've heard a lot of songs by him, and I know he's a mm. fantastic guitar player. But I feel like if you're gonna put your stamp, your namesake on somebody or something, they need to be pretty fucking good. And Kirk Hammett is just not fucking good. <laughs> he's good but he's not yeah, Joe Satriani good
2: and even like within the thrash genre like he's he's considered like the lowest point <laughs> of of the thrash guitar players it's it's so funny and so many
0: people criticize him <laughs> yeah, he's, it's it's great he's so soft-spoken and like nice, nice. he's <laughs> 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 just not what I expected he's at such
2: all. he's such a pushover too <laughs> Those people walk all over him.
0: I think because Lars is so overbearing and such a douche nozzle that I think that everybody else is kind of says, I ah, forget it. That's just Lars being a dick. Lars is a yeah. dick.
2: Oh, totally. But you kind of have to respect him, too, because like, he
0: just doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, no, it's true. Like, about anything. Yeah. Like, oh, you're the lead singer? He's like, he's like Sheryl Crow, right? Like, oh, so you're Brad Pitt. And Fucking don't impress me much.
2: Cheryl Crow, you mean Shania Twain? Yeah,
0: that's what I said. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let's talk about kind of the significance of this album. I mean, the it, it, it is so influential and it's so it's so different in the, this genre of music that it was actually selected by the Library of Congress as being of cultural significance. So it's it the masters I think it's the masters of the album are held at the Library of Congress for its significance in pop culture. Or music in general which is crazy they were the first metal band to ever be recognized for that yeah that's which i think is really 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 cool um and also i didn't know this until this week but getty lee the the vocalist bass player from rush was actually he was talked about being the producer of this record lars wanted him to to actually be on the record but things just didn't didn't line up and he he didn't he wasn't able to work on it but i kind of wonder how different this record might have sounded if getty lee had worked on it it's weird very very weird
0: but, I wonder if he, like, um, because like i said I, I did hear some rush kind of like influence especially in the vocals
1: mm-hmm.
0: later on in the album i wonder if they did work with him at all kind they of they may have who
2: knows i mean they they did a lot of things differently on this record as well i mean uh, I know Lars took drum lessons prior to the recording <laughs> of this record. Um, but the big thing was, I didn't know this. I know, it's really sad. The big thing I didn't realize in, was that they recorded this album mostly sober. Uh, they were known for being like the big party band and just being out of fucking control. But they made a point of not drinking or doing anything uh, while they were actually recorded that record. They wanted to make the perfect Metallica record. So they they didn't do anything. And that was... I mean that's cool. That that's really cool. The dedication and that they, they showed toward it. Yeah, it's fuck man, it's great. Um, do you just want to get into like probably one more song? I feel like um, the only one, another only maybe one more that's worth talking about. Well, a
0: couple parts to just to go back to Master Puppet, just to beat the oh, dead okay. horse here. Um, so uh, one thing I think is is absolutely fantastic is like this weird key jump that they go, and it's it's right about the five yeah. ten mark. And it's so fast and it's just, it's so subtle that if you, you blink, you miss it. It's, it's gone. <laughs> yeah. and I, I absolutely love it. Love these little subtleties that they do in this album. And that's probably like one of my more favorite parts of the album.
2: Yeah, I agree, man. I totally agree. They were, uh, they were once a great band. They were once a great band.
0: And it's strange to think that like this song master Puppets is like eight minutes of the same fucking thing. It really is. But it, Right, it like overall, so like it's the same fucking thing over it's and over. It's the same riff over and over again. Yeah. God, but it's so good. Like if that pause before he starts singing Master of Puppets doesn't get you pumped up, then you're a monster. You're crazy. You're, you're some kind of monster. That's what some you are. Some kind of monster. Yep.
2: Oh my god.
0: What so what else what uh, else like what other I mean, there's like three no, there's like two other bangers here. I mean, the only songs
2: we haven't talked about are uh, Welcome home, Sanitarium, and
0: Damage Incorporated. Dude, I, I love singing. I love singing the Sanitarium part. San- we go Because
2: it's so cool. Nah, it's all right. It, it's, it's it's another one of the slower songs on the on the record. I like the lyrics a lot in this. I I like how. I mean, it was directly inspired from "One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest," uh, but it kind of tells the story of of somebody at, at like a mental institution knowing that the whole rehab process doesn't really work and people are just abused at the, at this place. And then toward the end of the song, as the song builds and gets really fast, it kind of tells the story of the patients in the, the institution, just uprising and just, you know, escaping and just really messing things up. And I don't know, it's, it has a great build up for sure.
0: This was like the only, only song on the album that I had like a different interpretation on. Mm hmm. And that I kind of felt a different way. Well, okay, so like sanitarium, I think, is like a a place where they put dying people, like hospice type people. It's right? not that at all. No.
2: No. The sanitariums are mental institutions. Or they well, were.
0: No, it's like a place where you put people that are like fucking dying. They, they, no. They're no. going to die soon. Yes, no, it is. San-
2: sanitariums are mental institutions, Jeff. Fuck or they were. They're they not were not mental institutions. Yes, they were they don't exist in in this context anymore cuz they were all like banned back in the 80s but yeah no th- that's what sanitariums were they were they were meant for you know
0: i just i just did a quick google illness. search and it says i mean according to a dictionary it just says an establishment for the medical treatment of people who have chronic illness
2: yeah mental chronic mental illness
0: does don't see mental here does not have to be mental but that's what it is it's a place that's where exact- people go to die no, they don't. Yes, it is. <laughs> no, it's not. That's what I'm... Lo- I've, I'm just looking at what Google is telling me here, and Google tells me that that's what it is.
2: That's not what it is.
0: For long-term illnesses...
2: Long-term mental often, illnesses.
0: Often associated with treatment of tuberculosis. I don't, I don't know where you're getting this mental thing from. It
2: is. Like, the, the best example is, like, the story of Dracula.
0: Oh, and now you cannot bring a fictional fucking thing into here.
2: But I'm talking about the, a lot of that story oh my or God, parts of that Tyler. story take place in a sanitarium for the mentally ill.
0: So until, until Tyler brings some like concrete evidence in here, a sanitarium is a place where people who, are <laughs> are, long, who have long-term illnesses go to die. I, have, <sighs> I see nothing here that's specific to mental illness. It is. I'm it's telling not, you right it's now. It's not at all. I like literally just Google searched it and three things, the top three things had nothing to do with mental illness. You're totally wrong. I'm definitely not. Okay. Anyway, he's still not googling it.
2: I'm not going to google it because I know. I just told you. You know you're wrong, but okay. no, I'm not. I'm never wrong. So l- l- let's get on with this song.
0: But like san- the sanitarium where people go to die. That's what this whole song felt like. Is where is where he's going to die, and and the fact that that the song itself has this feeling of like being alone, sad, scared, and given up on not only life but those around you, keeping you alive. Who are only doing so because they're getting a paycheck they don't really care about actually keeping you alive but i think no. the, like the song structure itself is like how the guitar intensifies during the chorus as to yeah. kind of like reiterate how the like how done the speaker is with his life and the life that the people around him kind of perceive his as being worth and also like the thrash part the narrator because there there's like a there's a kind of like a thrash part in this song too. Yeah. And I, th- I think that's the process of like the narrator dying. I think that's like the narrator dying going to hell because he's a douchebag too. And that's another reason why the people working at the sanitarium don't really care about him in particular. because he's a dick. And so I think like this whole thing is like him dying and then he finally does die in the song and he's kind of coming to terms with that and really just, still doesn't fucking care. He doesn't learn his lesson.
2: That's a really interesting interpretation of it. I've never, never heard that or read that, but that I can see where you're coming from for sure.
0: Well, I mean, if you knew what an actual sanitarium was, you probably know what that meant. Or you, Which I you, do. You'll probably see because you clearly don't. <laughs> but that double picking, though, man. Later on, the the double plectruming. The double plectruming, <laughs> like th- this song in particular, I think it uh it's, it's kind of sloppy sounding. It's like a sloppy solo here, similar to what we hear in like "Kill 'Em All." But uh, it works, dude. It works, and it, it fits fine, and it flows nice, and it's fun. It's super fun. Should I
2: play the guitar solo? I mean, I have it.
1: Yeah, have if you, you time stamped it, the guitar. I solo, do have I Play it
0: because it's fun, and it's 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 weird in a place of of sad, <laughs> like sad.
2: In a sad mental mental ward. So here it is, um, <laughs> the guitar solo. like when when he went to go do the solo they were saying just play as fast as you possibly can and that's what that's what he did and that's all he could do (laughs) yeah it was it was great (laughs) it it is pretty crazy how many bands have covered this damn song too i don't know let's get into damage incorporated really the this is like what a way to end a fucking record it's it's I, i mean i remember when i first heard this song I I couldn't believe at how fast they were playing. Like I think this is probably tempo-wise the fastest song they had done up to this point or ev- ever really. This is a fucking fast song.
0: Yeah. It's ridiculously fast and I think like um I think the vocal delivery here is like straight up like punk music.
2: Oh yeah. It totally is.
0: Right? Mhm. And this is the song where I don't like when solos do this. But they did it here, and I I liked it here. As he just said, go, and then the solo oh, happened. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's that one was of the so few dope. times that it works.
2: Yeah, one of the very few times it works. And I remember the two. The first time I heard this song, I was like, where? Like, because the first the song doesn't kick in until a minute and twenty seconds, but you just kind of get this like kind of droning sound, and I'm like, oh, dude, this song's gonna be so boring. And then all of a sudden, it just fucking it just kicks in really fast and really hard, and you're just like, whoa, like y- it's hard to keep up. It's so good.
0: I think that that um, like eclectic intro coming from the transition of Orion was a was a good play. Was a good play for them. It was almost like a, like that thx like the audience is listening type of thing. Hmm. Where, it, where it, like it, it captures your attention, right? Like the whole intro oh, yeah, yeah. just sort of like builds and builds and builds, and it's like, okay, f- yes, I'm listening. Uh, coming off of Orion, not coming into this, I get it. Like, what do you want to say? Yeah, and exactly. that's when it kicks right into it. The fast guitar. And Lars doing what he does best, kind of as best he can. <laughs> I don't know what song, oh, I don't know what part to start with. Should I start with the part where
2: it kicks in? Or the bridge where, where it starts and then the solo starts, like 30 I, seconds
0: later? I actually have like a solid, like, Weezer connection to this, too. So just play whatever part you want.
2: I was going to say, I'll start like right before the bridge starts, and then that'll bleed into the solo, and then I'll, and then I'll go from there. Does sound okay. good?
0: That sounds good. There we go.
2: Here's um here's Sweet. damage incorporated by Metallica. That guitar solo you kind of have the have Lars doing that kind of like snare roll or I guess what would you call that
0: yeah that's fine yeah the snare it. roll I guess I and then it. he
2: just he hits the snare one last time and then just the go and it just fucking rips like Kirk's playing his solo is so fucking great on this and then it gets like super squirrely I I don't know man this is like peak this is peak Kirk um solo writing for sure and lead playing like he's he's so fucking good, and man, this, this song is—I I always forget how good this song is until I listen to it. Damage Incorporated, go,
0: go. <laughs> my um, <laughs> my, my my Weezer connection here was um, remember in, in only in dreams from their Blue album. Yeah. Uh, at the very end of that song, the last note of that song was like this off note that wasn't in key and it was kind of weird and it didn't give you like any kind of sort of relief like usually if you start a song like the the key of like e let's say the last Mm -hmm. note you play is generally going to go along with that and kind of sort of give you that final relief to that but in only in dreams it doesn't do that and it almost kind of just leaves you hanging same thing with here in damage inc at the very end that the last note they play is not the note that gives you that relief. Yeah, it,
2: you're totally right. I didn't even think about that.
0: And that's so rad. I love that so much. I like much. it too.
2: It's, yeah, you're totally right. I never even put that. I never thought about that. But yeah, for bands that do that, that's it's a tough thing to pull off for yes. sure. Like it can go. It can sound really bad, but in this instance, it, it does sound really good. I know exactly what you're talking about.
0: Because like as you're singing in your head or as you're humming it along, you always get that last note in but these guys stopped before that last no and this wasn't yeah. like the first time that they kind of did like a weird thing in, in, in Leper Messiah when they do like the one two and they go one two three four five and then start on that one
2: it's so bizarre like
0: that's that like that threw me off I had to listen out like two or three times I was like what the fuck is he like fucking up here or is this like a legit thing he's doing because they're starting on like the f- they're starting after the fifth count or like back on the second count it's yes yeah. like it, it got me it got me.
2: <laughs> it just kind of shows the, the I guess you could say almost genius of Lars and James, you know, their songwriting abilities. Because they know, they know enough to throw you off, but to make it still sound cohesive and good, you know? Yeah. Like, they're really good at the nuances. Like, even like Lars, even though he's pretty inept in his drumming and, during a lot of parts, like, he knows, he does these weird things. These, he hits the he'll hit, the, like, the crash, like, on a weird beat, but for some reason it still sounds okay. But, like, whenever you try to, like, drum it or air drum it, you're like, oh, fuck, like, how did I how did I miss that that one hit on the crash? But it's because he does it, like, on a weird beat. Like, he does really weird things like that. And he always has. He still does. But I think at this point now his drumming, he's just, like, he tries too hard nowadays, but I don't I know. Think it's always I think been that's,
0: there. like, the biggest difference between, like, Lars and, like, James is is Lars knows like in his head, he can kind of like see what he wants, but he can't physically do it. Yeah. Whereas James knows what he wants and then can clearly do it.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. I think even like on the, some kind of monster documentary, he, um like Lars criticizes his, his vocals on it. And he's like, Oh, why don't you just come up here? And he's like, pretty much is like, why don't you just come up here and sing it? Cause I really <laughs> want to know what you sound like. He was, such a dick to Lars about it but it's totally true like Lars just wants you to do something and he tries to express it but he does it in such like a like a condescending way yeah where he comes he just sounds like a dick but he knows what he wants like he knows what sounds good because he really is a good songwriter and I mean I shit on Lars a lot but he is he is a good songwriter
0: he's just like he's 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 become famous because he can drum the exact way Metallica wants him to drum in the early years. Later on, yeah. he just like clearly fell behind with the band.
2: Let's just wrap this up then. Give our final thoughts.
0: Sanitarium. <laughs> There's a place for people to go, not necessarily mental illnesses. Well, oh, but it dun, is dun. because you're
1: wrong, Jeff. Sanitarium. Because you don't know anything.
2: So, what are your final thoughts on this one, Jeff?
0: My final thoughts are this: this album was a banger overall. Like it was, I was, I was extremely surprised. This is now my favorite Metallica album, um, which is not really to be said that, that much. I only have three albums that I would listen to again, back to back. Maybe mm-hmm. even St. Angry. I probably listen to St. Anger again, too. I like that one. Uh, you're,
2: you're out of control.
0: Dude, I don't know. What do you want from me? But uh, yeah, I was really surprised here. Uh, I've always hated Lars and his drumming, and I think that he works here in kind of like the same way like Meg White does with Jack, uh, Jack Black, with Jack White. Jack White. And so I I, th- I think it works here. Um, I eventually, I, again, they're going to grow out of him, and they did. And that's I think that's kind of why a lot of their music later on sounded like shit was because of that reason. But damn, dude, Master of the Puppets is phenomenal. Like it's yep. so goddamn good. And this was this was like just like the the thing I needed to to scratch that thrash itch that I had for a while. Yeah, so, so good. Yeah, overall, I'm gonna give this a probably a two point. I'm gonna give it a two point
2: three.
0: No, just give it a three. Three. I'm. I'm I was thinking like maybe two point even like seven. Two point. I'm gonna give it two point <sighs> seven. Two point seven. That's yeah. higher
2: than I would have ever expected from you. Yeah. For any Metallica release. Well, for me, this album holds a special place in my heart. It's fantastic. Um, I think it's it just structurally and how everything was written i think is just it was very ahead of its time and it still holds up nowadays there's some really great moments from every from every person in the band um they have some really great moments and i'm just gonna have to give this no no stinkers every song is a banger on this one uh i'm gonna do it it's it's a perfect album. Oh my god! Master of Puppets is a three out of three. It, it is whoa. a perfect album. Like, oh,
1: it,
2: there's nothing you can't. There's you just can't say anything bad about it. It it did so much, just for not just for the band, but for the genre and for mu- rock music in general. Like so many bands and artists have taken have been influenced by this record and by Metallica in general. Like it, it's so significant within the music the music world. It's crazy. Would you just text nice. me? You just text me something. Yeah, I did. Nah, oh, you dumb shit. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, no, I, I give this album a um a three out of three. It's per it's a perfect album. And I stick by that. And I and I'm and I'm happy and shocked to see that, that you rated it as high as you did. Thank you for that.
0: Hey, whoa. You. Don't fuck with don't fucking thank me. Thank you.
2: Should I thank the band, Metallica? Yeah, I think Lars.
0: Thank you, Lars,
2: for creating such a great Thank
0: you, Lars.
2: (laughs) All right, well, that's it for Asinine Radio. We just did the Metallica album, Master of Puppets. This was a massive one. This was a great one. Uh, So if you don't mind, everyone go to iTunes. Go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. Send us an email, Radio at gmail.com. Our website is asiniradio.com. Asinine Radio, Asinine Radio, Asinine Radio, and Asinine Radio. So... That's it, that's all. I forgot to play the outro music.
0: <sighs> you know, want to stretch I'm, it for a second? I mean, we can stretch mean, it for just, a second. Just
2: try to stretch it. If you yeah. can, just just talk. We'll just talk and talk and talk. I just
0: don't understand like why... Like, Saint Anger was, was surprisingly good. Do you think it's because I had such low expectations for it?
2: it that had to have been Like, it.
0: I had zero expectations? I Dude, I think it was like a, a decent album, and everything about it was good. I think Hetfield's vocals was just too high. Mm. But everything else, I thought was solid. Like, there was a lot of similarities between them and like Slipknot at that time, and just not as good. Yeah, <laughs> <Again. laughs> and a lot of similarities between like them and like Primus at the time, just not as good. But like, they borrowed a lot of stuff from the, that music. And I, dude, I think Saint Anger is is better than you think. You're just I'm telling me you're, you, you're
2: definitely in the minority. My note, the minority of uh, the Saint Anger. Cause I want
0: to be the minority uh, It's just not very good But oh, Like Green Day I want to be the a,
2: minority That song is better than all of St. Down
0: a. with your moral majority That's a good song though
2: But yeah that's it That's all Thank everyone Thank you to everyone listening to the pod Who have actually got this far um, That's it That's all And um, I don't even know what else to say So there you go i remember them yeah but i i never was written to them really
0: you, i mean you probably remember, remember that remember song <laughs> yeah you probably remember that song cadillac <laughs> that they did like a while ago but the lyrics
2: in that are so bad like when he goes frantic tick 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 tick, tick <laughs> and then when he goes my lifestyle determines my death style it's like yeah. oh god he's so it's so death metal, it's so bro. embarrassing it's so fucking embarrassing oh, i hate it so much
0: like oh you're the lead singer was like, he's like cheryl crow right like oh so you're brad pitt and fucking don't impress me much cheryl crow you mean shania twain yeah that's what i said <laughs> 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 well let, let's
2: talk about kind of the significance of this album remember I mean-